God is bigger than anything. Okay, Pastor. So I, uh, right now, uh, Dr. Carson's now here, so we're going to have one more selection, and then I'm going to go into the, into the Word this morning. All right, hello. Would you like um, the to lose its power? And so as you can see, this morning, I followed a theme having to do with the blood and the cross. And of course, we normally take our communion, or have our communion service on the first Sunday, but I didn't do it last week. So today is another day, and the Bible doesn't tell me that I can only take communion on the first Sunday. And so we're going to have our communion service shortly, but I want to began this series about the blood. And really, this series is going to be about spiritual warfare. I think I haven't done any real teaching on spiritual warfare for quite a while. And uh, I was thinking this morning how I did a retreat for higher power many years ago now, and how God... Uh, uh, had me uh, help uh, the body of Christ that was present for that retreat understand that we are saints. And I did it from Romans uh, chapter 12 for the most part. But uh, we're going to talk about spiritual warfare in the days to come unless the Lord changes my course. But today we're going to be talking about pleading the blood of Jesus and people's pray and they plead the blood of Jesus, uh, but we need to understand why. We need to understand what the scripture says. We need to understand that it is scriptural because some people would question me as to whether that's spiritual. And so we're going to start today talking about that. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your people. 
We thank you that they have anointed ears to hear and hearts open to receive your word this morning. We thank you for your anointing because the anointing of God breaks the yokes of bondage. And Father, I ask you to word my mouth this morning. And Holy Spirit, speak through my mouth and think through my mind. And cause me to bring the word the way you want me to do it this morning. And Father God, I thank you that we won't leave here the way we came in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So anyway, there's some questions about pleading the blood. And so the questions that we we're going to try to answer for you, maybe not all today, but in the coming weeks, if the Lord says the same, is pleading the blood of Jesus for protection and healing biblical? That's a question. Is pleading the blood of Jesus a real spiritual force of protection? That's another question. Can pleading the blood of Jesus cause physical miracles and healings? And those are questions that we hope to answer as we do this teaching on uh, pleading the blood of Jesus. So this is a biblical instruction for pleading the blood of Jesus. And of course, we know that God taught us from the beginning that the blood of the Lamb the blood of Jesus Christ was our best and most powerful protection from the assaults and the attacks of the enemy. And it is one of the primary gifts of protection that God gave the people of Israel and all of his children today. And if you go back into the Old Testament, you can see that uh, we, uh, the uh, uh, preliminary uh, preparation for the children of Israel coming out of bondage. If you go back and look at that, you'll see that they were told, the leaders, Moses and the leaders were told to kill a lamb, a lamb that had never <coughs> uh, really seen the light of day. It was almost an embryo that they killed. And uh, the blood from that lamb was put on the doorposts of the Israelites so that when the death angel came uh, to the houses uh, where he was going to cause the firstborn uh, of each household to die, uh, he uh, would pass over those doors that had the blood on the doorposts. And so blood has been a part of our protection. It's a part of our salvation because Jesus shed his blood at Calvary so that we could be saved. So the blood becomes very important, very important. The blood of Jesus that never loses its power. That blood has caused us to be saved. And, and so we're going to be going into more detail about that. So many people ask, is it biblical? God gave us a way to protect, be protected from the evil forces in this world. He gave all of those, uh, 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 gave all of those uh, uh, instructions 
on how to use the blood. And so he gave us all those in submission and obedience to him. If we do what he tells us to do, we're always going to come out all right. So this is the most powerful spiritual tool to overcome the enemy. The Bible explains it is both the power of protection and the most powerful way to overcome the enemy. The word of God in Revelations 12 clearly states that they, God's people, overcame him, talking about Satan, and his workers, which we call demons, by the blood. They overcame Satan and his workers and his demons by the blood. And you can find that in Revelation chapter 12, verses 10 and 11. So verse 10 says, the accuser of our brother who accused them before our God day and night has been cast down. Verse 11 says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. So let me say that again. Satan, I bind you. You're really trying to hinder me, but uh, this is the word of God. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. So we see that Satan is our accuser. He's our enemy. He was, uh, excuse me. He was, <laughs> he was and still is our enemy. He was the, the one that caused uh, half, a third, excuse me, a third of the angels to become demons because he interfered with them uh, by fooling them to follow him. And so he has always been our accuser and our enemy. And he wants us to live a life full of uh, rebellion to God's ways. He wants us to always be rebellious to God's ways. And so he does everything he can uh, to stop us from living the life that God wants us to live. So we have to understand that God gives every true believer uh, uh, protection through the blood of Jesus. And so uh, that blood causes us to be able to endure and overcome all that the evil one will throw at us. And we go back and we look at Matthew 24, verse 13. But he that shall endure until the end, the same shall be saved. He that endure until the end, the same shall be saved. And God wouldn't tell us that our faith must endure until the end without giving each of us the tools and the weapons to do it. God is not going to tell you to do anything that he's not going to uh, provide you with what you need to be able to do it. So in the original language, the word endure means to maintain faith. Endure 
means to maintain faith. So we thank God uh, for that word endure, and it causes us uh, to maintain faith. So the word goes on to say that they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of his testimony. They overcame him, except talking about Satan, by the blood of the lamb. And does that pertain to us today? Is that blood still good today? Does it still protect us today? And you and I are the evil one's primary targets. We're the primary target of Satan. Satan targets uh, the demonic uh, forces. He, uh, we are his target, and we, uh, the demonic forces always come against us. And he wants each of us living in sin, in sickness, living with the worthless testimonies, or dead. That's what he really would like to have us, is have us dead, not living at all, but dead. So the word of God teaches that we can overcome all of Satan's plans uh, by the blood of Jesus Christ. So there are many, many within the body of Christ that or even deny that this most uh, important precept uh, is, uh, I'm sorry, Father, I thank you that you are going to help me give this message. The Holy Spirit is my guide. The Holy Spirit is my teacher. And Satan, you will not distract. You will not disrupt. You will not enter in any way. In the name of Jesus, I come against you by the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus is against you this morning, and you will not hinder me from giving this message in Jesus' name. So there are many within the body of Christ that ignore, even deny, deny that this is a most important precept of the Christian faith. We need to understand that pleading ignorance and uh, uh, trying to live without acknowledging the power of Jesus' blood that we receive after true repentance and it washes us clean of sin and it gives us the authority over all the demonic uh, uh, power through the Holy Spirit. You see, what we're trying to say this morning is, is that blood is powerful. That blood that Jesus shed at Calvary is still powerful. And when we plead the blood of Jesus, when we take authority over the demons through the, uh, uh, by pleading the blood of Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, there is power there. And Satan has to leave us. And he's trying to prove this morning that he's not going to leave me, but he is because I'm going to keep on uh, sharing with you what the word of God says about the blood. Because the blood that Jesus shed is still good today. It has not stopped having power. The blood that was shed there at Calvary continues to cause people to be saved, continues to cause people to be healed, continues uh, to keep us. And so we need to understand that. Protect us. 
You know, when we start on the road, uh, one of my practices is to plead the blood of Jesus, to put the blood of Jesus over that car that I'm driving. Or if I'm riding with someone, put the blood of Jesus for protection over that car that I'm riding. And it has never ceased to fail because uh, uh, we were going on down to Patterson when I did that funeral for uh, uh, the late sister, uh, Regina Miles, I still call her. Uh, we had uh, a truck that uh, tried to cut in front of us, a big truck. And, you know, the Lord just uh, caused that truck not to be able to hit us. He, I mean, he was really, really close to us. You know, and I can give you so many instances when the blood of Jesus has protected me and has protected you, if you think about it. So the enemy comes, and he can be overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And we have victory over every evil uh, thing because of Jesus' shed blood. And uh, we almost overcome the evil one. We have to overcome him. We have to know that we are victorious over uh, the devil and that his workers uh, we're, 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 we have power over his workers and uh, we have power in this world because of the blood. And it's the Holy Spirit power. It's not our flesh and blood power. It's the Holy Spirit's power. And so we overcome the evil one by being repentant and living in faith. We have to be repentant. Because we have to ask God for forgiveness of sins. We cannot, we cannot communicate with God uh, through sin. Uh, God checks the, pulls the shade with sin. And so we have to know that we have to, we have to repent of our sin. And God gave us repentance so that we could be sure to keep ourselves connected with him because you know when the sin comes the shade goes down and all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God that's what he tells us in the book of Romans uh, and so we have to know uh, that we have to keep ourselves free from sin and the way we do that is by pleading the blood of Jesus and confessing our sins we confess our sins. John, first John 1 and 9 says, when we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So in order to overcome the evil one by being repentant and living in faith is how we're going to make it. Overcome him in your thoughts, in your desires, Overcome him in our daily walk. Overcome him in our family relationships. Overcome him in our prayer life. Overcome him in our work. And overcome the evil one in our personal relationship with God. Our lives must be committed to God. And we have to know that living as obedient believers uh, we must be committed to God. 
we cannot allow ourselves to be straddled the fence. That's an old term, but it means you're trying to walk on both sides. And we must trust God entirely. And we must have faith in what God has done and what he is doing. And we have to know that the musts are important. We must do these things. And God is not an oppressor. So we like to pray, God, make me do this, and God, make me do that. No, you have to be willing to do it. You, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. So the blood of Jesus uh, upon all on, on all evil, it's, it, it takes away evil. The blood of Jesus takes away that evil. Uh, so we need to understand that we must do those things in order for us to be overcomers. And so when we look at 1 John 1 and 8, uh, it talks about uh, destroying the works of the devil, the blood of Jesus upon all evil and get, re get his results. For the purpose, the Son of God, for that purpose, the Son of God, was manifested and that he might destroy the works of, of the devil. That's First John 3 and 8. And the root of this precept uh, teaching is on the blood of Jesus in Passover. So we go back to the Old Testament and we find that the, the first, uh, not the first, but uh, most important opportunity and the most symbolic opportunity of shed blood was when the Israelites were delivered from Egypt and that blood came from that lamb. There were special instructions given for that lamb to be prepared and then they were to eat of the lamb standing up and then the blood of that lamb was supposed to be on the doorpost. And because that blood was on the doorpost, the death angel <coughs> passed the homes of the Israelites. So God told the Israelites how to use the power of the sacrificial blood of the lamb. So they could uh, escape the judgment that was to come uh, from them, uh, come to them, from the Egyptians, and uh, he instructed them in uh, how to cover the entrance of their homes with the blood of the lamb for protection. You see, that symbolic uh, way of, of covering them and protecting them so that they could be delivered from Egypt was through uh, that lamb. And you can go back in the Old Testament and read that. It's Exodus 12, 7 and 13. Exodus 12, 7. You could just actually read Exodus 12, 7 through 13. And the seventh verse says, They shall take some of the blood and put it on the doorpost and on the uh Excuse me. They will, and they shall take some of the blood and put it on the doorpost and on the lintel of the house 
where they eat it. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the homes where you are. And when I see the blood, this is God speaking to them. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. The blood of the Lamb was applied to the doors of the Israelites' homes. I just said that. So the spirit of death would pass over all the protected homes and the firstborn. So the firstborn uh, would... Uh, uh, the death angel would pass over the firstborn and pass over that home if there was blood on the doorpost. And that lamb, people of Israel who were obedient, put the blood of the lamb on their homes, entrances uh, were protected from the spirit of death, kept safe, and their families were spared from the judgment that killed all of the firstborn in all the homes in Egypt that were protected and protected by the blood of the Lamb. This is uh, documentation. Even in the Egyptian books, it's documentation. So again, that's Exodus 12, 21 through 23. And then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families and kill the Passover lamb. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and strike the lintel, that's the doorpost, and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of the house until morning. So once they put that blood on the doorpost, they were not supposed to go outside. For the Lord will pass uh, through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord shall pass over the door and not allow the destroyer coming to your houses right. Blood represents the blood of the lamb, the greatest of all sacrifices. That's what Revelations 13 and 8 says. On that day, the spirit of death passed over all the homes and families protected by the blood of the lamb of Jesus Christ. The blood established that God had ownership over all the Israelites who believed and were obedient. You see, it's really important for us to be believed, number one, and then be obedient. We can't be saved if we don't believe and be obedient. We have to believe that Jesus is the Son of God. We have to believe that he died on the cross and that he died on that cross. And then he was resurrected on the third day. And then we have to believe that he's sitting now at the right hand of the throne of grace, making intercession for us, uh, pleading our case with God. 
we have to believe those things. And then we have to be obedient to what God's word said and what his will is for us. If we don't be obedient and we don't believe, then we can't live a safe life. We can't even be saved. You can't be saved unless you believe. So when you understand the importance of what is being said here, the blood established that God had ownership over the Israelites who believed and were obedient. It establishes that who that who had them uh, adopted, uh, who had them adopted and uh, sons and daughters uh, into the family of God. Who, and we have to know that we're adopted, we're grafted in. If you go to Romans, uh, in Romans it talks about us being grafted in. We are grafted in. You see, the Israelites were the original uh, uh, people of God. And uh, they uh, were Jews. That was the original people of God. We are considered Gentiles. So in the book of Romans, uh, Apostle Paul talks about us being grafted in. So we were adopted. We have been adopted into the family of God. And how did we get adopted? We were adopted because Jesus went to Calvary. And he was that lamb that we talk about in Exodus. He was that lamb, the perfect lamb. And he was crucified. Uh, Isaiah 53 says he was wounded for our transgressions. And he was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of his peace was upon us, is upon us, and by his stripes we are healed. You see, so we're adopted into the family of God, and we are uh, the new uh, Israelites. We are uh, the new chosen people. We are the chosen people because of our belief in Jesus Christ, not because we were originally the chosen people. We're, we're, we're being accepted, adopted into, grafted into uh, the body of Christ because of his shared blood, not because of anything we did. The best we can do is confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. That's the best we can do. <laughs> Excuse me. And so when we understand about the importance of this blood. So the blood of Jesus is for protection in the Bible. And we may want to reread this scripture a number of times. There's much more the word of God contains and builds on this teaching through the Old and the New Testament. We have to understand that Jesus shed blood is so important to us, so important to our salvation, so important to our protection, so important to our healing, uh, so important in our lives, the blood of Jesus. You see, so people that teach that lie that you don't have to, you don't need Jesus to be saved. Well, I don't know what kind of salvation they have. 
because it's only blind by his blood, by that blood that was shed in Calvary, are we saved. Uh, and so we can't uh, ignore the blood. And we know that there is a one belief system that teaches that Jesus was just a man. And it also teaches uh, supplies about the blood. And so, uh, you know, we, we have to know the truth about the blood of Jesus Christ. And we have to know that it's by that precious blood, Jesus was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was on him. And by his stripes we are healed. If he had not taken that beat, if he had not shed that blood, we would no have no foundation, no basis for our salvation. So I'm going to stop right here. I think I've done enough in the devil. It's just fighting me, but I'm not giving him any glory because I am going to finish this teaching, Satan. I know that you don't want me to, and you have fought me to the nail this morning, but I know that I have the victory. I know the blood of Jesus is the greatest of all sacrifices. I know the blood of Jesus is the one thing that will keep me protected. And so I am just grateful this morning to have an opportunity to talk about the blood of Jesus. And I'm going to continue to talk about the blood of Jesus. So finish, to finish this up, we just need to know on the day that the spirit of death passed over all the homes and families protected by the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, the blood, uh, the blood of Jesus Christ established that God had ownership over all Israel who believed and were obedient. Again, I want to say that because I want us to understand that believing and being obedient are two key, key, very key ways that we are going to be able to please God. We have to be willing and we have to be obedient and we have to understand the importance of what he has done for us, the shedding of blood. And we look at Romans and we see without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. So again, I go back to that lie that says that you don't need Jesus to be saved. <laughs> again, I go back to that lie that said that Jesus is just a common man. Jesus is God and man, and I say he is, not was, because he's sitting at the throne of grace still in that body, that body that he uh, was beaten, that body with a hole in his side, it's all there, you see. But now he has a glorified body because he shed his blood. The blood was presented to God to prove that he had done what he was called to do. He said, it is finished. He said, I've done my job, and I'm showing you, Father, that I did my job. So I'm going to stop right there.
I'm just really getting where I want to go with this, but it's time for us to stop. So we'll be going back to this, and I hope that you uh, got something out of it because I have really had a struggle with the enemy, but I won. We won. Jesus won. So I'm all right with that. Y'all just continue to pray for me that I will be able. See, sometimes, uh, let me tell you about spiritual things because uh, uh, we need to know that sometimes we don't want to hear what's being said. And so we sit down on the Holy Ghost. I'm not saying y'all did that. <laughs> but sometimes we don't want to hear what's being said and we'll sit down on the Holy Ghost and it makes it difficult for the one that's bringing the word to be able to bring the word. But when we are all on one accord, uh, then it makes it easier for me to bring the word. I know uh, Deacon Carlin once said to me, <coughs> well, Pastor, when we go places, why don't you preach to like that at home? Well, I do. But if you're sitting down on the Holy Ghost, then uh, it makes it hard for me to be able to get uh, that same anointing. You see, when you walk into a place and people are on one accord, it's not hard to teach. Now, I'm not saying y'all are the problem this morning. I'm saying the devil is the problem because some of you need to hear this. You need to understand about your salvation. You need to understand about the importance of the blood. You need to understand what was uh, done for you and how uh, God's power is still in that blood. We, we sang a lot about it this morning near the cross and we sang uh, uh, you know the songs that would help you understand about the power of the blood and that was on purpose because I was trying to uh, make sure that everything lined up you see a lot of things about to understand about praise and worship and one of them is is that that praise and worship music should prepare us to receive from the word it should help us get in a position of worship where we're ready and our ears are prepared and our heart is prepared. And sometimes we go through the weekend, we have had all kinds of things happen to us during the weekend. We come to church with a heavy heart, we come to worship with a heavy heart. We got all these things on our mind. And if we're not careful, we'll get distracted and we won't really benefit at all from the way we're going forth. So praise and worship prepares us for that. And so this, the music that we hear helps us to get past all of that static, that's what I call it, that we experience all week long and put us in a place where we can hear from God as we receive the word. I can remember when Sunday I was sitting there and Pastor Bernal, I was still at Jubilee and Pastor Bernal was ministering and this is after I came back from Raymond <laughs> and he had ordained me because I've been ordained twice, once by Jubilee Christian Center through my pastor, Pastor Dick Bernal, who is now retired, and then again ordained by Rama when they started ordaining their graduates. Then he and I were ordained at the same time, even though he was way ahead of me in his attendance to Rama. But anyway, uh, he was preaching, and today, I cannot tell you, 
what he preached about because the Holy Spirit was giving me instruction and direction through that word that was going forth for plans for what we now call bread of life. So I'm telling you, but we have to get ourselves prepared. And so that's why we do praise and worship. And that's why today the music that you heard once Dr. Carson got Carson got online was all about the blood, all about the cross, because I wanted you all prepared for me to start this series. And the devil has fucked me tooth and nail, and I'm not giving him no glory. I'm just telling you, Satan, that you can't win, that I am forever victorious because of my God, because of my Savior, Jesus Christ, and because of that shed blood in Calvary. So we're getting ready now for our communion service. I was almost ready to let you all go because we've gone away, I think, over time this morning, maybe not. But we will continue this. And if you just pray for me, uh, we'll get next time, get, maybe you'll get more out of it. Uh, because I really was struggling today. But I don't care because God... Whatever he tells me to do, I'm going to do it. And uh, we need to understand about this blood. We understand, need to understand how this blood keeps us. You know, I go places, and uh, when I sense the devil in the place, that's the first thing I do is plead the blood. I plead the blood. I want that protection. I want that uh, intervention. I plead the blood. So this week, as you go along your week, if you haven't ever done that, when trouble starts coming, plead the blood. Say, I plead the blood of Jesus and see if that thing won't lift because the blood of Jesus never loses its power. So let's go into our communion service. We're going to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 10. Uh, for our communion service uh, today. So if you uh, got your little uh, elements together, uh, then uh, we'll, we'll just go right into that. And so we're going to go to 1 Corinthians 10. 1 Corinthians 10. If you have your Bible handy or you want to find it and follow me as I read the scripture and we'll go ahead and take our communion and then we'll be letting you go into your day uh, after that. First Corinthians chapter 10 Sorry, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, y'all. <laughs> All right, Lord, thank you so much. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, we're going to get ready for our communion service. And so, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to sit at the Lord's table. And as we do, Father God, your word says that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sins 
and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And so we thank you this morning, Father God, for cleansing us so that we are uh, able to sit at your table uh, as we uh, take the elements of communion. And so when I look at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, verse 23, it says, For I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord, in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man, and that man means both male and female, let a man examine himself, so let him uh, eat of the bread and drink of the cup. And so it goes on to say, for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself not discerning the Lord's body. So we want to explain that it doesn't say if you're worthy. It says that he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment upon himself. We are not saying you have to be worthy. You are worthy if you're saved, but you're worthy because God makes us worthy through Jesus Christ. We are eligible. And a lot of people like to make that excuse. Well, I'm not worthy to take communion. You're not going to ever be worthy to take communion. It's because of God's grace that you're able to sit at the Lord's table. It's because of God's grace and because you understand that if you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. So if you sin in your life, if you sin in your heart, now's the time just before we get ready to take these elements that represent the broken body and blood of Jesus Christ. All you need to do is say, Lord, forgive me of my trespasses. So, Father, we ask that you would forgive us of our trespasses and cause us to be uh, eligible to be able to sit at your table today with a clean heart, creating us a clean heart and renew within us a right spirit right now in the name of Jesus. So as we do that now, we're going to go back to our scripture, and uh, it says uh, that Jesus, in that same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. 
this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Shall we eat the bread? Praise the Lord. All right. And then it goes on to say, in the same manner, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink uh, in remembrance of me, shall we drink. Lord, we thank you so much. We thank you for allowing us to sit at the table. Uh, we thank you so much, Father God, that we had an opportunity to remember what our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ did for us at Calvary. And we thank you, Father God, that we know he sits beside you, making intercession for us. And we are so grateful. And we thank you, Lord God, that Jesus is alive and well. We give you praise and we give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So praise God. Amen. I thank you for y'all's uh, for your attendance first. And thank you for helping me by praying for me because I really was struggling. But I'm going to continue to teach this. Anytime that I have a struggle, that I have this morning, I know I'm on the right path. You see, Satan is not going to bother you. Teach a sweet little sermon. <laughs> he ain't going to bother you. He don't, he don't bother you. But honey, if you're getting in his business, you're messing in his business and exposing him for what he is, he will he will fight you to the end. So uh, we're having our, our fight, but I'm going to keep on teaching you about the importance of the blood that was shed in Calvary. So with that, I want y'all to have a blessed day and uh, we have prayer tomorrow night at 7, 7 p.m. Amen. Right, Amen. So thank you once again for your teaching, Pastor. Uh, I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we need to know more and more about that. Uh, we don't sacrifice things anymore to, uh, 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 get, uh, repentance or, uh, forgive us for our sins. You know, if we had to do that right now, imagine, imagine people be sacrificing cats and dogs and right now. So we don't have to do that because uh, because of what Jesus did. So I thank you for that understanding. Even though I understood it, sometimes I need to hear it again. So uh, thank you for that because I don't want to be sacrificing no cats and, and all of that these days, you know. So so thank you for the teaching. I'm looking forward for more teaching on that uh, uh, blood because not a lot of people teach on the blood. So thank you. And uh, thank everyone that joined us today. I'm so glad that we got our sister Tracy with us and our sister Sabrina. I'm glad to see all of y'all and, and Denise and uh, uh, join us in prayer. Definitely join us in Bible study. You'd be surprised the things that we learn in Bible study because I know a lot, but it's a lot that I don't know. 
and I learn more and more in Bible study. So Wednesday, we do the, the Bible study, and uh, it, it's always something new to learn about the Bible. It's always something. Every time I read it, I learn something different each and every time. So uh, thank you again, Pastor, for that teaching. And uh, Father God, we just want to thank you this morning, Father God. We want to thank you for each and every one here, Father God. And we just pray, Father God, as we tarry on our week, Father God, that there you are in the midst with us, Father God. We ask the hedge of protection over each and every one of us, Father God. We ask that hedge of protection over all the family members that are represented here this morning, Father God. And we just thank you. Because we know, Father God, that you are still on the throne. No matter what the news says, no matter what the doctor says, we know that you are still on the throne, Father God. So we just give you praise, honor, and glory. And we plead the blood of Jesus against whatever the enemy tries to attack us this week or whatever he tries to do. We plead the blood of Jesus against him. And we just give you praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone say amen. 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 Richard. Yeah. Richard, did your uh did our daughter check on you? Yeah, she checked on me. I know you told her to. <laughs> I know I know you told her to, but it was good she did. She did text me. And uh yeah, I was glad to hear from her. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know that song happened. Of course I'm gonna tell her. <laughs> well, I thank you, Miss Sabrina. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. That's a tight-knit little family we got. I like it. 